From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sherita Brent here with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. This morning, we'll tie in reading and technology. We'll talk about the process of downloading and storing books on your tech device. And later, we'll talk about reading the fine print before signing up for things. Listeners, we want to hear from you this morning. Are you a fan of reading books digitally, or do you prefer reading from a physical book? If you have a Kindle or another similar device, what do you like about it? Call us at 877-MPB-RING with your questions and comments. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Ashley Jeffcoat. Digital Media Director for MPB. This morning, we're going to tie in reading and technology. I think Ashley reads about a thousand books a year. How many are you on this month alone? I, I don't do a monthly count, Sharita. What I is count your count? by the yearly. Um, I, am, I am about 26 books in this year. Okay. And I'm 26 pages into the one book that I've been stuck on all year. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the process of downloading and storing books on your tech device. And later we'll talk about reading the fine print before signing up and agreeing to things. Listeners, we want to hear from you this morning. Are you a fan of reading books digitally or do you prefer reading from a physical book? Doesn't have to be limited to books. We can talk about articles as well. Are you a fan of the physical newspaper or are you cool reading, reading an online publication? If you have a Kindle or another similar device, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Call us at 877-MPB-RING to join the conversation. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Ashley, let's go to Mary in Laurel who's called and is having a heart drive issue. Good morning, Mary. What do you have for us? Okay, my heart drive. Uh, not after we really got fixed. My computer is not using it. Come again, Mary. You're breaking up a little bit on us. I said our hard drive would not work. We had to work on it. It's still not working for my computer. Is this an external hard drive? Uh, Mary, we're going to put you on hold because we're really, really having trouble hearing you. So we're going to put you on hold and see if we can get your signal a little better so we can hear you clearly. Um, all right, Ashley, so let's talk about some tech news. Um, I saw one about a uh, breakup app. It's called uh, Ghost Bot. <laughs> so if you don't want to break up with someone in person, it's a new app that detects incoming texts from a person you're hoping to not communicate with and sends an unenthusiastic automated response on your behalf. So instead of in person telling them to go away, you can just send a text. <laughs> so an example, if the suitor were to ask for a date, Ghostbot might reply, nope. I just have no time right now. Sorry, just me and pizza tonight. So, <laughs> That's me every night. <laughs> is it, <laughs> so that's interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, communication. I think it, it's better if you communicate with people in person as opposed to sending an emoji. And communication is misinterpreted a lot as well yeah. over text because I've had people say, well, why are you hollering at me? And I just click the caps, uh, all caps by mistake. Yeah. You know, it's like, how can you tell I'm hollering just because... The, 
Because that's what caps means. Uh, okay. So it's best to communicate in person, I think. What do you think? I think that, I mean, it really depends on the person and your skill. Or the topic. What or do you, the what topic. Do you, yeah. um, I think that, especially in today's day and age, most people are very used to communicating via text now. So, and, and while it can be really, it feels weird to use emoji in response to things, emoji do carry a lot of extra meaning. Linguists and uh, people who study language are very fascinated with the way we're incorporating emoji into mm-hmm. our language and what different emoji mean when paired together and there's a lot of really interesting discussion going on about how that's a kind of expanding our language and changing the vocabulary to make up for the lack of facial expression body language in a text and so i see you're using emoji and so it's plural like that so it's not emojis or emoticons it's just emoji and that's i just say emoji okay cool cool what else you got um google announced the name of its new um Android operating system. Mm. The next big update, it's going to be called Nougat. Nougat? Nougat. Interesting. As in like inside of a candy, delicious candy covered nougat. (laughs) Okay. Because everything's named after sweets, you know. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Android does have the most delicious operating system, I find. Is it Jelly Bean? Jelly Bean is one. Kit Kat Uh is one. Ice cream, Mm -hmm. Lollipop. All of these are previous Androids. Wow. Uh, The name of the new one is Nougat or Android N. So um, it's going to be coming out to several devices sometime this year. So uh, if you're an Android user, keep your eyes peeled. So they haven't specified what things they may be addressing with the new update? Um, It's going to have all kinds of different, just like your general updates Mm -hmm. that come with any operating system. There's performance updates. There's going to be some new features. I don't have them sitting in front of me, but... But yeah, okay. there will be some new stuff. All right. And I did also see, and this is more on topic, um, Amazon, they're talking about a new feature uh, that's going to be available through the Kindle software update. It's being released and it's called the page flip. So the new feature allows you to easily and quickly browse pages in your ebook without losing your place. Uh, so is this something that uh, you think is, is good? Is that something that you found difficult when you're reading ebooks? Not really. If anything, it encourages, it keeps me from flipping to the end. <laughs> no, but I find that in, especially in the, a lot of the books I read have footnotes and the way that Kindle already operates with footnotes is so nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on how the book is formatted. Some of them will take you to a different page if you tap on them and some of the others will uh, open up a little extra window. Um, but I can see, especially if you're reading technical books or something that's more, um, dense it can be really beneficial to be able to flip back and forth between the pages without having to tap the finger multiple times and tap your finger multiple times back in the other direction to get back and forth Mm -hmm. i can definitely see how people could use that all right so um from your yeah yes i have one more piece of big news okay today is my mom's birthday happy birthday ashley's mom is she listening i hope so okay if not i bet my granny is and she's gonna be like pat you aren't listening. <laughs> so, happy birthday, Mama. If your mom calls in, I will personally sing happy birthday to her. All right. Yep. Uh, so, let's talk about reading hard copy books uh, in comparison to digital books. Have Do you think we've surpassed the days where physical books are really, really popular and digital books are taking over? And, and as I mentioned earlier, we can extend this to uh, physical publications like newspapers and magazines as opposed to digital ones. What do you think? I think that it really depends on the medium. Okay. I think that for a lot of people, and this definitely doesn't apply to everyone, but for a lot of people, 
the ebook is replacing more than anything the idea of the mass market paperback, mm-hmm. which are the little bitty throwaway novels that you just pick up and they're not made terribly well and they're made to be read really quickly. So I think that it's replacing that aspect of books. Mm-hmm. A lot of people still go, and even if they are heavy-duty e-readers like myself, I'll still go and buy um, a nice hardcover book if it's a nice edition mm-hmm. of something that I want. Because I do like to collect books. I do love books. If I do buy a hardcover book, it does get read. <laughs> they don't just sit there. Um, and I also think that there's other books that I think ultimately feel better to read in in actual book form things like comic books and graphic novels Mm -hmm. and art books anything like that i think it feels better and more natural to read it as a book just because there's something to that and a lot of people use a lot of um there are books that really experiment with the book format but you can't get that out of an Mm e-reader so if you read any of those kind of experimental novels then definitely having the physical copy is what makes the difference there you won't get the same experience reading it on your e-reader but for a lot of people, just your general average little mass market paperbacks, don't need those anymore. Got a Kindle. Interesting. I was in line recently at the gas station and I saw a lady, she was buying a newspaper. And I thought to myself, hmm, I had just finished reading the newspaper on yeah. my computer. But it just feels different to, as you said, the feeling is important. It just feels different to have the newspaper and to be able to fold down a page and say, oh, I'm going to go back to that or discard the yeah. the coupons and things that you don't <laughs> want and come back to it. Um, because sometimes when I'm looking uh, maybe on a newspaper site, it can get overwhelming. There's so many words and I have to sift through what I really want to see. I, I get distracted by so many headlines and I can't just focus on the page in front of me. So for somebody who, like me who lacks focus and attention, I prefer just having the physical newspaper so I can just focus on one thing at a time and not be bombarded with a thousand headlines on the homepage. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said for the physical experience and the lack of distraction Mm-hmm. That you get when um, reading in a physical copy versus online newspapers and magazines. Because there are tons of ads and tons of things of things you could click on and read. And a lot of websites have also adapted things like Reader View, which is something if you're an iPhone user, you might be familiar with. Where if you're looking at a website on in Safari, or the Safari browser, um, and um, there's a little button that you could push at the top that says reader view is available for this. And if you tap on it, it kind of strips a lot of the extra stuff off the website mm-hmm. and just provides you with the text you want to read. And there's a ton of other readers out there for news and things like that, that give you a more stripped down experience mm-hmm. because I think especially for newspapers and magazines, a lot of people are reading that same stuff online now and they're not actually buying the physical copies. Right. So interesting. All right. Well, when we get back from the break, we're going to talk about some specific devices on which you can read books. And we'll also talk about storage. How much storage do you need to download multiple books? We'll talk about the different features. Can you highlight something on a digital device when you're reading? 877-MPB-RING is the number we'd like to hear from you listeners. Let us know what is your preference. Do you prefer reading digitally or do you prefer reading from a physical copy of something like a magazine or a newspaper? Uh, If you have a Kindle or another similar device, let us know what's your experience been like with it. 877-672-7464 is the number. All our lines are open. Or you can send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent here with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. This morning, we're tying in reading and technology, talking about the process of downloading and storing books on a tech device. And later, we'll get into reading the fine print before signing up for things. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you this morning. Let us know which are you a bigger fan of, reading books digitally, books, magazines, newspapers, or having something physically in hand to read it. Do you have a preference? Also, if you do have a Kindle or another similar device, tell us about that experience, how it has been for you. You can call us at 877-MPB-RING. Additionally, if you have any general tech questions, you can call us as well, 877-672-7464, or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We do have a couple lines open. What's that? Is that a Kindle? That's my Kindle. Oh, I it's so it tiny. Me. I know. Isn't it lovely? This is the Kindle Paperwhite. I've had it for a couple of years. I am a huge fan, so there's my, my nice text, and you can make the brightness really bright if you needed to, but it's still so much like reading on a piece of paper mm-hmm. that it's just super easy on the eyes. I love, love, love my Kindle. Yeah, and I want to talk with you a little bit more about that technology, about the, the brightness and this, this interesting little shade it has on there. Uh, so we're going to go to the phones really quickly. Uh, Minna Dent is in Brandon and wants to talk about audiobooks. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what do you I have love for your us? Program, but I want to say I don't read books as much as I listen to books using mm-hmm. Audible. I love the app; it works every single time, and it's just fun to uh, to increase the number of books that I've been able to read because of that app. Okay, and what's the name of the app again? Audible Books. Audible on books. Amazon. Okay, that sounds good, and I'm glad you brought that up, Minadent. Thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, audiobooks, so listening to books, and I don't know, for me, I've always thought that it was a cool idea to create the, my own voice in my head for whichever character I'm reading about, uh, but for some people, this is easier, especially when you're driving to listen to a book when you're going to a destination. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're on a six-hour drive, I mean, there's no telling you could probably finish a book, so talk about the convenience of audiobooks. Uh, there's so, I think you've just said the most of it right there. Being able to actually listen to something when you're in an a situation where you can't read, but your brain's not really doing much else. Super awesome. When I'm driving, especially, that's when I listen to audiobooks. And I do use Audible, like um, Minadette was saying, that I'm a big fan of Audible. Um, but audiobooks can be, especially really well-produced ones, often have full voice acting. Mm. So each character might have their own voice. Or the reader, who's the person who's reading the books, will do all these different voices for every character. And... It can be really a lot of fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the quality in the audiobook does depend on who's reading it. Um, there's a lot out there that are read by the author. And that's definitely, oh, excuse me, that's definitely my preferred way to listen. Because there's nothing quite like hearing an author read their own work for you. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You're really getting their experience of it. But there's also some a lot out there that are professionally voice acted. And it's just a really cool thing to listen to. Yeah. All right, I'm going to see if I can make a little side hustle out of that. I, I'm sure I could sound like, you know, a, mm-hmm. a cow or anything. So we'll see about that. <laughs> Linda is in Port Gibson. Good morning. Linda, what do you have for us? Hi. Hey. Yeah, this is Linda. I'm calling because I just got my new cell phone in the mail yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 
an iPhone 5S, and uh, I've been trying to call people, some of the people I can barely hear, and yet some folks' uh, voices are muffled. What can I do? Do I need to go in and make some adjustments or... But you said and that's I not... I do listen to audio books, mm-hmm. but I'd be concerned about uh, whether it's charging me data or not. Okay, two really good questions. Um, so as far as the volume goes, one thing that you may want to try to adjust is when you are on your call, on the side of your phone, there's an up and down volume button. Uh-huh. And if you push those buttons while you are on a call, it will increase or decrease the volume. Okay. But what about the muffled sound? Even if it sounds garbled, like you, like they're talking out of a can or something. Well, that, it could be a result of the other person's phone it or could. where they are. It could be a result of their phone. It could be a result of the um, signal quality where you are. If you don't have great cell service, the um, call is not going to have the greatest quality. And yeah. also, that's also kind of what it sounds like when people are talking to you on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. It uh-huh. tends to get that sort of tinny quality to it. So yeah. it might be that they're using speakerphone, too. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work, you can always get a little Bluetooth headset. There's lots of them out there that are not terribly expensive, but they'll give you a little bit more control and you'll get that sound right in your ear and it gives you a better quality and and makes listening and um, receiving phone calls on your phone a lot easier. Okay. And the other question was about uh, data uh, for audiobooks. Um, It depends on the the app that you're using. The way that Audible works is that you can stream so much of the audiobook and that does take up data but after a certain point it wants you to download the entire book and then listen to it so they prefer you to not take up data Mm -hmm. so just the way those books work so so long as you download the entire book first and then listen to it it doesn't use data that's really convenient especially if you're listening to an audiobook while flying or while driving somewhere where you might lose signal That'll keep the book playing even if you do lose your data connection. Yeah, because it's already downloaded on your uh, device. Mm -hmm. All right, right. Linda? Thank you so much for your... Thank you. We appreciate your call. Uh, We're going next to Van, who's in Flowood. Good morning, Van. What do you have for us? Yes, uh, I've been hesitant to to buy a Kimball. I saw or read recently where uh, the blue light uh, that's emitted from Kindles and even cell phones if you're using them before bedtime, which is normally when I read, uh, uh, they decrease melatonin or something and, and give you difficulty sleeping. Uh, any news on that or any comment? So if you're using one of the um, actual e-ink e-readers, the amount of light that those admit is so small compared to what your iPhone or a Kindle Fire would admit and you can turn that brightness so far down, and that's what they, the Kindle actually recommends, is that if you're reading at night, you don't have to have the brightness all the way up. You can turn it down just a little bit because the contrast is high enough that it's still pretty easy to read. And at that point, I don't think it's as big a deal. I've certainly never noticed a problem personally falling asleep when reading my Kindle, but I will definitely have that same problem. I do have that problem if I'm reading on my iPhone or on a tablet or something like that. But when I'm doing an e-ink reader, it's a lot easier on my eyes, and I don't have the near the amount of problem. It can still be a problem, especially if you have the brightness turned all the way up while you're reading, and there's no other light in the room, and that's just all you're looking at. 
But um, if you turn that brightness down, then you can turn it down pretty far and still be able to read quite well, especially since you can increase the font size and increase the contrast and increase the font weight, make it heavier. You can turn that brightness pretty far down and still not have to strain your eyes at all. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right, Van. Thank you so much for your call. And uh, he just talked about what I was going to bring up, which was this e-ink and how it does feel different when I'm on my phone because I have a huge issue with just looking at the computer for so long and then it almost gets blurry or I may get dizzy if I look at the computer for so long. So that e-ink you would consider is a huge advantage for people who are going to be reading digitally. Definitely. The way that the screen is lit uh, especially on the Kindle Paperwhite and the latest version of the um, Barnes & Noble's Nook, the way that those screens are lit is very different from the way that your iPhone is lit. Mm-hmm. And the quality of the screen is very different because the way the images are created and displayed is, again, very different. So you end up with something that is super high contrast that looks like you're reading on paper. And it didn't always look like that. The technology has gotten so much better over time, though, that it is much more like reading on paper. I'm going to pass my Kindle over here so that Sharita can see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But it is very much like reading on a piece of paper now yeah. instead of reading on a screen. Yeah. So, and, and from a battery perspective, it probably stays uh, charged for a while since it's using less light. Yeah. My Kindle, so long, um, if I'm not using the internet, I'd turn off the, I'd print it on airplane mode and it can mm-hmm. last for about two weeks on one charge. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Well, uh, before we go to the break, we can talk about some of the different devices um, on which people can read books. I have a mini iPad. I don't know which one it is, two or three, mm-hmm. but I've downloaded several books on it. And so I read, I have an, an iBooks app on it. So I download several books on it and it, it gives me the option. I can turn the whole screen black and my words are white, or I can have the whole screen white mm-hmm. and my words are black. And of course you can adjust the font and things like that. So what are some other common devices where people can read books? Um, uh, Nook, uh, what else? The Kindle? Are Nook, those the Kindle. There's tons of tablet devices like the iPad and the iPad mini. The Kindle has a fire version. That's an e-device. That's a more like a tablet computer. There's um, your Galaxy Samsung tabs. There's so many different tablets out there right now. Any of those can be used to read on. Um, people, A lot of people read on their computers, just sitting there looking at the computer screen and reading. I do plenty of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can read on your phone. You can read on your TV. They make um, magnifying devices that you can plug into your TV to help, oh. um, especially for those who are maybe sight impaired and can't read small text, that you can plug into your TV and then they magnify the text really big. Oh. So it makes it a lot easier for you to read. There's so much reading technology out there now. It's quite impressive. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have a call. It's not quite ready yet, but we're going to give the number 877-MPB-RING is the number to join the show. This morning, we're talking about reading and technology. We're t- uh, tying the two in together. So we'd love to hear from you listeners. If you have a particular device that you like to read on, let us know what's been your experience with it. Or if you're a person who prefers physically reading things like having a magazine or newspaper physically in your hand, you can give us a call at 877-672-7464 or send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Ashley, so with those e-devices on which you can read books, you can still do things like highlight and underline and bookmark. Yes. Um, most e-readers come with the ability to do all those kind of basic features. You can um, pull out specific quotes that you like and highlight those so you can get back to them later. You can bookmark certain pages if you wanted to go revisit a different part of the book later. 
That's really useful if you're reading some kind of technical book, technical writing where you might need to flip back and forth to keep up with what's what you're doing or get mm-hmm. instructions to do something different. They also allow you to take that little piece that you might highlight and share it, which can be pretty cool. So if you wanted to tweet out a, a neat quote that you just read, you can do that. That's cool. A lot of them also connect with um, a service Goodreads, which is like a social network for avid readers and keeps track of what books you're reading and what books you have read, what books you want to read. Makes it easy to go download and find new books. That's pretty cool. Connects with all your major social media networks so you can share stuff that way. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, with my iPad, I can highlight multiple different col- uh, mm-hmm. in colors. So if I want to remember a name, I may highlight it yellow. If I want to go back and look up a word, I may, may highlight it blue. And you sometimes I can go, I can get the definition of the word right then. So that's yes. pretty cool. That's one of my favorite things to do. If I see a word that I'm not entirely sure, I'm not entirely familiar with, you can usually just tap on it and it'll give you the definition. It'll give me an option to look up the definition. You can also even highlight a phrase mm-hmm. and look that up online as well. So if you're like, what does that idiom even mean? You can highlight it and then it'll show you, you can look it up online right then and there and be like, oh, okay. And then go back to your book. Mm-hmm. Very useful. So what's the cost of these devices uh, generally? It varies a lot. Okay. Um, You can get a Kindle, I believe, starting at... Uh, the Paperwhite, I think you can get a Kindle Fire now for like under $100. Mm-hmm. And the Paperwhite, I think, is about the same. So you've got several options there. Um, and so when you break that down, um, would you save money if you became more of a digital book collector uh, just by downloading books? Or or is it would it be more expensive to buy the physical ones? That really depends. Okay. Um, because the publishers set the prices for ebooks. And oftentimes they set the books at about the same price as the as the paperback versions. Mm. So you're not necessarily saving money on books. Where you are saving money, though, is that there's tons of books that are available legally for free. Anything that's in the public domain, you can download and read. Oh. So there's tons of classic novels that you can just download for nothing and you don't have to buy. A lot of libraries also have apps that you can use and um, digital checkout systems. So you can download a book to read it on your Kindle or your Nook or your your iPad or whatever you want to read it on. And you don't have to actually go to the library to do it. You can mm. just do it right from home, which is really cool. Most, oh, I think most library systems in Mississippi offer that now. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to Greg, who's been holding on, and he's on the road and has a question about converting a music file. Good morning, Greg. How's it going? Going well. Um, yeah, I was um, I was trying to move music to my phone, and of course, my phone only accepts an MP3 file, mm-hmm. and it won't it won't accept the was that the WMV that Windows Media Player yeah establishes. Well, I changed the settings after the fact that I found that out. But how do I convert my my music I have now because it's a lot of music? How would I do it like a mass convert of all that? Um, most things you won't be able to do a mass convert very easy. You'll have to kind of do it piece by piece. Uh-huh. But um, there's tons of software out there that allow you to convert it. Um, Audible is the first one that comes to my mind that you can convert just about anything to anything else in Aud- with Audible. It's free okay. software. You can download it. It's for Mac and Windows um, and allow you to open it and save it as a different file type. Uh, okay. For the MP3, you have to download a particular library for it to make it work, but it's very easy to install, and they have a help page that walks you right through it on how to do it. Okay, so it's called Audible? Audible. Oh, no, sorry, okay. not Audible. Audacity. Audacity? Yes. 
Okay, now um, on my Windows Media Player, I can keep that that change I make when it rips the CD to that uh, Windows Media Player. If I change that to MP3, it'll automatically do that. Yes. Okay, I got you. So I just have to check it when I rip the CD then, because that was that's been a pain in my, you know what? Uh huh. <laughs> I I know that feeling. I think we all do. Well, I appreciate it. No problem. All right. right. Greg, thank you so much for your call. We need to take a quick break, but Ron, if you can hold on, we'll get to you right after the break. You'll be up first. We have a few lines open this morning. We're talking about reading and technology. We'd love for you to join the conversation and let us know what do you read on? Are you a digital reader, e-reader? Do you have a Nook or a Kindle? How is it with those devices? Or do you prefer to read physically? Physical magazines, physical newspapers have those things in hand. Or are you an audiobooks fan? Call us at 877-MPB-RING. If you have any general tech questions, you can throw those in as well. 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent. Here with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. This morning we've been talking about reading and technology, the process of downloading and storing books on your tech device. And later we'll talk about reading the fine print before you sign up for things. Listeners, we want to hear from you. Are you a fan of reading books digitally or magazines or newspapers? Or do you prefer to read them from hand? Physically, if you have a Kindle or another similar device, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Are you an audiobooks fan? Let us know about that. 877-MPB-RING is the number. We do have some lines open as well if you want to talk about anything in general regarding tech. 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Okay, we're going to the phones. Ron is in Jackson. Good morning, Ron. What do you have for us? Good morning. Hello. How you doing? All right. How about you? Very well. The question I have is I have a, a collection of books on my uh, iBooks, on my iPad. I read on my iPad. Mm-hmm. And I love it like that. The question I have, and I have I've done a little bit of research and haven't been able to discover a way to transfer iBooks into my laptop computer. Um, Is it possible? Do you have a Mac? No, afraid not. Yeah, I don't think they make the iBook software for a PC. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I, I like I said, I've done a little bit of research, but uh, no, not going to work, huh? Yeah, not that I know of. <laughs> okay, thank you, ladies. I appreciate All right, you. all right, Ron. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Bye. Okay, uh, we're going next to Linda in Tennessee. Good morning, Linda. What do you have for us? Hi there. Hey. Uh, well, I just had a couple of comments. First of all, I really love your show, and I've been listening since the beginning. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Uh, fabulous job. Okay. 
Two, a couple of comments. First of all, what, I rec- what recently occurred to me, I have several friends who love their Kindle and only read books on their Kindles. They don't buy books any longer. Mm-hmm. And the problem is when you have a book on a Kindle, it is only your book. You can't give it to a friend to read like you mm. can with it, with a physical book. And yeah. for us in book groups, people who do book groups, that's a disadvantage that most people don't think of. Of course, yeah. that's a great, that's a great space, space saver. The other thing, Ashley, I wanted to tell you, everybody, about this new site I discovered called BookBub, B-U-B. Have you heard of it? I have not. Okay. Well, it offers books for free and for very inexpensively, like $1.99, in ebook format for people who avidly read. You just go onto the site, and they'll send you probably more emails than you want, but you can <laughs> control that. But they will um, categorize the books according to what you like to read and send you lists of books that are current books, not just classics, yeah. that are available for your ebook uh, for either a dollar, a dollar ninety-nine, or nothing. Nice. So, yeah, that's just what I wanted to share. Thanks very much for all the work you do. All right, thank Linda, you. thank you very much. And she raises a good point. You can't just hand that book off or your, your kid can't inherit it because if you were able to share books, then, uh, the authors would lose a lot of money. Well, what you can do, and because I think this is one of the things that um, they have realized is a big downside to the ebooks, you can loan some books out. Okay. How do you and, do that? Um, and you do it through your um, through your device usually, mm-hmm. and or if you can go through if you buy them through Amazon, you can do it through the Amazon um, website as well. And that's where you buy your eBooks from, and you can essentially say, "I'm going to give this device, give this to this person," and they have so long to read it, mm. and then it cancels their book out, and you can't read it while they have it. Okay, which is kind of similar to how a regular book is anyway. Yeah. So once you loan it out, you can't really read it yourself. So, um, and then once it's done, it'll either go back to you and you can loan it back out again if you want to. But some books do have that enabled. Again, it's at publisher discretion. So you have to check with the publisher to actually see if you can do that. Okay. Uh, so I have a, a question about storage. When you're downloading books, is there a limit to the amount of books you can download? Do they, do they take up a lot of space on your device? Books are super small. Oh, okay. Unless you're saving them as a PDF file. That gets pretty big, but the actual ebook formats that exist, like .mobi and .epub, they're very, very small. I have probably six, seven hundred books saved on my Kindle, wow. and I'm nowhere near the the uh, the top cap on it. Nowhere mm-hmm. near. Okay, and those books don't expire once they're downloaded; they're there mm-hmm. forever. Okay, they're there. So that's why that's one of the benefits to it. One of the why we consider the pros is that if you are an avid reader. And you go through books a whole bunch. That takes up a lot of space. Yeah. And this makes it a lot easier to conserve on that. But then it goes back to that feeling. There's nothing mm-hmm. like it for me to walk in a person's house and just see this huge library of books. It's really comforting in some way. Don't worry. I still have a huge library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the only time you were in my house, I didn't actually get a chance to show you my my actual bookshelves that are two and three books deep. Wow. So wow. And, and none of them are mass market paperbacks. Mm. None of it. It's all hardcover, 
nice editions of books. That's awesome. I, I envy you. <laughs> uh, we have an email from Tina. I have a Kindle and it's loaded with books. However, I do like to turn pages. I like holding the book, but it is convenient to have books on Kindle at times with when it's not convenient to have a book. The Kindle fits in my purse. One thing I really like about the Kindle, when I come across a word I'm not familiar with, just press on that word and the definition pops up. I guess I'm saying I really prefer to hold a real book, but enjoy Kindle books too. Enjoy your show every week. So it sounds like she's torn. (laughs) Yeah. No, and I understand that feeling. When When I got my first Kindle, I was excited about it, but I didn't use it for probably two years because I was like, I just can't. I can't get used to yeah, this. Yeah, it's an adjustment. I don't like it. I want my, I want a book. I, I can't. But once I finally made myself do it, and part of it was switching the versions. Once I switched to the paper white, which has the nice backlight on it and everything, yeah, I uh, started listening or started reading almost entirely on my, on my Kindle now. Mm-hmm. That's where I do almost all of my reading. So do you think there are apps out there where you can categorize um, the the genres of books? So if you have a bunch of romance novels, if you have suspense, are there apps out there like that mm-hmm. that can categorize your digital library? Yeah, there's tons of stuff out there. Um, one of the ones that I use is called Calibri, and it's free. And it allows you to import all of your books off of your Kindle, your Nook, whatever reading device you have. You import them onto it and um, all the individual files. And then you can go through and sort them in all kinds of different ways. You can... Decide how you want them to appear, put them in folders, adjust, like, all kinds of stuff. So it also makes for a great backup if something should ever happen to my Kindle. I've got this great backup on my computer of all of my books. So there do, there are plenty of apps out there that can help you sort and organize your ebook collection as, my, as finely and minutely as you might organize your own library. Uh, that's a good point that you just brought up about backing things up. Um, so do Kindles or other reading devices have a history of just crashing? And is there an opp- a chance that you could lose every book that you've ever downloaded? Anything that is an electronic device, there's always going to be the possibility that something might happen to it. That's just a possibility. Just like if you read actual books, there's always a possibility you might drop it in a the bathtub or something. Mm-hmm. It happens. So it is possible that something like that could happen. They make these devices to be as sturdy as possible. Um, but it, it you'll do yourself well to have a case for it and try to protect it as much as you can. That being said, most distributors of ebooks, if you have bought the book from them before, you can download it again if you need to. And they'll let you do that. So you don't have to worry entirely about losing everything. But it can still be a big pain if you have to go through and get your entire library put back together again Mm -hmm. so it's definitely worth it to make a backup of your device using some of the software that exists out there that you can use to make it all the manufacturers i believe make their own software that you can use to go in and make a backup of your device you can use something that's free like calibri and that is just like with anything you always always want to have a backup somewhere so that you can restore and you don't have to worry about losing everything Sounds good. We're going to take our final break of the hour. When we get back, we'll wrap up the conversation about reading and technology, but we're also going to talk about reading the fine print, that whole process. When do you need to read the fine print before clicking agree or accepting some kind of terms? 877-MPB-RING is the number. Our question of the day to you is, do you prefer to read from a physical book or a digital book? Same question for magazines and newspapers. Do you have a preference there? If you have something like a Kindle or a similar device, how 
is how has your experience been with those or audio books? If you have any general tech questions, we have plenty of time for you to give us a call during this last segment. 877-MPB-RING is the number. We do have a few lines open. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech. I'm Sherita Brent here with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. This morning we've been talking about reading and technology, Kindles and Nooks and audiobooks, things like that. That sounds like something. Kindles and Nooks and audiobooks. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm whack. All right, so if you have a question, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. If you have a preference of reading from uh, a tech device or reading from something physical, like a magazine or a paper in hand, if you have a preference, give us a call. 877-MPB-RING is the number. That's also the number to call if you have any general tech questions or topics you'd like to address this morning. We're going first to Sean, who's in Hattiesburg. Good morning, Sean. What do you have for us? Uh, and I apologize if you've already mentioned this. We started listening a little bit late. People should check their public libraries for e-books, mm-hmm. e-magazines, mm-hmm. e-audio, e-movies, uh, e-TV shows. Uh, <laughs> like MPB, a great resource and a free resource. Yeah, we did talk about that already because I am such a big fan of um, the public library system and what you can do there from a technology perspective and what great a, what a great hub it is for obtaining this media and and stuff like that including going digital you don't it's not just physical stuff now um i frequently rely on my public library for ebooks because i read so very much that um having access to a library book makes a big difference in how much money i spend on books and that makes my partner very happy <laughs> the less money i spend the happier she is <laughs> And, and, and don't forget, to, uh, we've got movies and uh, TV shows and all the other stuff now as well uh, right. available digital. So, again, thanks, thanks to MPB. As, again, both the uh, libraries and MPB, I think I'm going to vote for is great free resources for people in Mississippi. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sean. And, uh, okay. you know, some people are under the impression that libraries are outdated or antiquated, whatever you want to call it. But they're not. They are evolving <laughs> with everything else. You know, we, we talk about going to libraries for computer classes uh, they can be a good resource for the elderly, uh, for middle age, for children, whomever. So the, the value of libraries is still as high as it has ever been. And I think Sean would agree. Yeah. Uh, we're going next to Ron in Tupelo. Good morning, Ron. What do you have for us? Well, good morning. How are you doing? Doing very well. Thank you. Okay. Well, anyway, I do have a regular Kindle, one without a backlight. Mm-hmm. And it is great for reading outside. Then I have one of the newest Kindle Fires, with backlight, which I use inside. And, um, you know, in low-light situations, it's really nice. But one thing I do want to point out, I was a charter member. I used to be a road warrior. And mm-hmm. I was a charter member of Audible. 
And I purchased, uh, I used to love the old time comedy team, Bob and Ray. And I purchased like a $32 Bob and Ray thing from Audible. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to download it to another device. It wasn't there. I contacted Audible. They had deleted it from my device and from my archive because they had lost the rights to it. Mm. They did give me a refund, but, you know, I would rather have had the Audible, you know, the recording. Um, And if you remember, when Amazon started out with Kindles years ago, they originally had some things on there that were free, and they found out they really weren't in public domain, and people had already downloaded them, but Amazon went in and deleted those from their devices. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have to wonder if I buy something from Amazon, is it mine or not? You know, can they come in and delete it? Audible did, and now Amazon owns Audible. So, you know, um, I'm just wondering, if you buy something digital, do you own it? Hmm. That is such a good question, and it's a really difficult one to answer because depending on who you're asking, you're going to get a very different answer. Um, A lot of people believe that if you um, have bought something digitally, that you own that. You own that digital copy, while another view is that if you've bought something digitally, you are simply have bought the rights to use it Mm. digitally. And it does not necessarily mean that you own it the same way you might own a physical copy of it, where you can do a lot of things with a physical copy that you can't do with a digital. Um, There's very different lines of thinking that um, companies use to their benefit. That is definitely a big discussion that's happening from a legal perspective about um, what your rights are in regards to digital purchases and whether or not someone can do what Audible did with you and remove a digital copy of something because they lost the rights to it when you've already made that purchase and it was yours. If you had bought a physical book and someone else and the publisher lost the rights to it, they can't come and get your book. It's yours. And that's interesting. We we have an an email similar to that from Leon. I love the convenience that comes with digital media, but always buy paper copies of my favorite books. You don't actually own eBooks. You own access to them. The media company can alter those books at any time or revoke your access by removing the book from your device and issuing you a refund. So that was uh, interesting. We had that email. Uh, This one says, if you address this, I miss it. Can the fire be used like a tablet to search the Internet? Yes, it can. Okay. Um, most e-readers can do that. Um, any of the ones that are more like a tablet, like the Kindle Fire, it's a lot easier to do it than it is because um, the paper whites and things like that, the things that are strict e-readers, are a little bit more stripped down to make them run more efficiently. So. Okay. All right. Uh, going to try to get to these calls. Lance is in Jackson. Good morning, Lance. What do you have for us? Hi. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Audible and Amazon. Like They have a thing called WhisperSync. Yes. Where where, um, if you're reading the book and then you need to go on a long drive or something, you can fire up Amazon uh, Audible with that book on your phone and it'll start playing from where you stopped reading and vice versa. And uh, another great thing about WhisperSync is if you buy the Kindle book, a lot of times you can get the Audible version for like two or three dollars rather than 15 or 20 dollars. Yeah. No, I... I've definitely used WhisperSync when I've been reading some big epic fantasy. It's mm-hmm. uh, very helpful to be able, okay, I can't keep reading the actual book. Okay, I need something different. And switching over to listening to it instead can make it a lot easier to get through the whole thing. All right, cool. Lance, thanks for your call. We appreciate it. We're going next to Troy, who's in Gulfport. Good morning, Troy. 
Hi. Hey. Hi. My question was about uh, using tablets in school. As a college student, uh, it was really useful to download textbooks and use them, uh, as your guest mentioned, for like the bookmark feature. Yeah. But that would be really great for uh, public schools, and I was wondering if Mississippi, if there was anything out there like Mississippi was buying tablets for students or anything like that. Um, I know that a lot of school districts are. Um, It kind of depends from school district to school district, but a lot of them are doing tablets or laptops in the classroom now. And it's being bought by the school district and the students essentially get one assigned to them. Yeah, like you take them home and everything. Mm -hmm. But you can only do certain things on them. Right. (laughs) Well, great. Thank you. All right, Troy. That would be great for uh, students who don't have a lot of money to spend on books and things. Absolutely. That's a good point. Thank you so much for your call, Troy. Uh, Last call goes to Frank in Jackson. Good morning, Frank. Hey, guys, girls, gals. Hey. A couple of things. Number one, if you're going to hook all these devices up to the Internet, like your iPad and whatever reader you have, you have to get a separate subscription for that device. I mean, I didn't know that, and I had two devices. I gave one to my daughter and to my wife, and when that bill showed up, I said I had no idea. Uh, The second thing is when you buy a hardcover book, you have to pay, uh, generally you have to pay shipping. So that adds another 10 to $12 to the book. I would suggest, like the gentleman said, to encourage people to buy books, that you give them access to the e-reader uh, version of it immediately for like one-third of the price of the e-reader. And okay. uh, I think that would boost their sales. But be careful adding devices to the Internet. They, they all cost. All right. We're going to give Ash a chance to respond. We only have about a minute left. So the first thing is it doesn't cost unless you are connecting with a 3G data connection. Mm-hmm. If you get a device and you just connect it to Wi-Fi, you don't have to pay any extra for it. Okay. Um, and for books, a lot of places do offer free shipping. And if you go to your local bookstore, you can get them without having to spend any money okay. on shipping. Cool. Uh, did you have a joke? I don't, but I thought oh. we would just do a quick happy birthday to my mom again. Yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy, happy birthday, my mama. mama. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Woo. There we go. <laughs> Jonas is shaking his head. All right, let's go to wrap us up. If you didn't get to call, you can send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Thanks to Jonas Adams for being our engineer and our wonderful intern. Haley was our call screener. Stay tuned. The original Southern Remedy is coming up next right here on MPB Think Radio.